Pluto, also called Pluto the Pup, is a cartoon dog created in 1930 at Walt Disney Productions. He is a yellow-orange color, medium-sized, short-haired dog with black ears. That's what I have to say. Welcome to Astro Blast. It's me. Pluto? That's me, Pluto. It's me, Mickey Mouse. Whoa. Or is it Goofy? Are those part of the same thing? What do you mean? They're they're in the same averse. Okay. Disneyverse. Disneyverse. Man, I got it right. You'd think I'm one of those freaks that goes to Disneyland twice a year. Oh my god, our listeners. No. <laughs> yeah, well, let's start out with some advice. If you, you go say to... twice a year? Yeah, I'm talking about Disney freaks. I think Disney you know, whatever we want to call them. Disney uh, hey, what's the nice thing to say? Disney enthusiasts. I would say twice a year would be low for those types of people. So you agree you? with me? I don't know. I agree with nothing. <laughs> I'm a regular Jay Leno. You can never oh, no. really tell where I'm at. Is it not PC now to say that Disneyland <laughs> is for losers? <laughs> Disneyland is a great corporation. It's a great place to get the most expensive shitty churro you've ever had in your life. Yeah. Anyway, welcome to the podcast. It's me, Mickey Mouse. Well, now you're Mickey Mouse. That's right. Cool. Uh-huh. Uh, Mercury is still in retrograde. And I can tell... A freaking plane crashed in my yard. <laughs> is everyone okay? No, they're dead. In your yard still? Well, my yard's fine, but the people are dead. And that's when I knew. We're also going to do an astro probe with B.B. Weems, which is the solo side project of Abby Weems from Potty Mouth, who we previously did a probe with. B.B. Um, Weems just put out an EP that's super cool. Uh, go check that shit out. And... Um, yeah, so the probe for that is coming up. And uh, yeah, we this is the second week now of our uh, merch store and Patreon being up. Um, fantastic ways for you to support us uh, because we work really hard on this podcast. We both work equally hard. You can you can support us for really not much money at all. For $2 a month, you get access. $200 a month? No, two Two, two okay, bones. sorry, I misheard. Two bones a month, you get to join the... Area 69 tier of our Patreon where you get 69. full access to the unshortened Astro Probes with all of our guests. For $5, you can join the Astro Blasters tier, mm-hmm. which gives you access to the extended Astro Probes, as well as every month you get to ask me one astrology question about your natal chart or any topic in astrology, and I will reply to you directly beautiful and then the final tier the h for the a b tier gets you those two things so the extended probes plus one astrology question a month that i'll answer as well as a 20 percent discount off of everything in our merch store and in our web store we've got two great shirts one is a black pocket tee that says astro blast on the pocket with a little comet and then another one that chris designed it's a a twilight zone-esque t-shirt that says h for the d to the stars and back beautiful we've got three Heavy duty, beautiful enamel pins. One yes. is Team Chris. One is Team Jess. Beautiful. One is H for astrology. I'm really happy about these little merch items, and uh, I hope you guys like them. And I feel this way as well. Uh, and supporting us helps us pay for the books that I buy, the classes I take, uh, the time that we spend editing Chris's transport to get here. That's right. Um, yeah, we're really just uh, just putting this Patreon up to help the expenses of the pod because we love making it for you. And, I'm uh, leasing a Lime scooter. <laughs> I'm always paying for it. I swipe my card every 20 minutes. It's in my backyard. 
and I just it just it charges. You know what you should do for Born Hot? You should do a music video that is exactly shot for shot Phoebe Bridgers video where she's on a scooter, but you're on a lime instead. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to talk about the final of the outer planets today. Let me guess. Pluto. It is. You got it. You God, nailed, it. I nailed it. I've learned so much. I've come so far. So yeah, there's of the three outer planets, this is the last one. It's actually the last of the major planetary bodies. We're almost all the way through the goddamn planets. I love this shit and I'm done talking about the meanings of the planets. Wait, uh, I have a question. Yes. Will we get to why Pluto's not a planet anymore? Yeah. Okay, great. Go yeah, ahead. we're gonna get there. So outer planets, I'm just I just wanna say a little snippet about that before we jump into it. We already know this, but Outer planets are generational and collective. They can be looked at personally. I know. I only know. in the houses. Uh-huh. But looking at just the sign will only tell Slytherin. us the generational. All right. Let's talk about the astronomy of Pluto. It was discovered in, do you have any guesses? Friggin' 1993. No, 1930. Ah, so close. You thought you were older than Pluto. Wait, I'm, I'm 21, so yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was discovered less than 100 years ago. It takes 249 years for Pluto to go through all 12 of the signs. That sounds to me like a generational planet. Hell yeah. It spends I knew it. 12 to 31 years in a single sign because Oy. of its weird elliptical orbit. It takes longer than any other planetary body to go through all 12 signs, making it the slowest planet. Wow. That's why it's freaking not a planet anymore. So slow. Yeah, they were like, boo. Too boring. And here's why it's no longer a planet. It's technically it's a dwarf planet now. And there is a belt of asteroids and other little planetoids and stuff that's just like, it's a big belt full of the shit that's in our solar system. Uh-huh. And they discovered a bunch of guys floating around there that There's were- There's guys or planets? Yes. Okay. So that planets were bigger- are guys? All planets are men. Nice. Hell yeah. Another one. And isn't for me. that and typical? Let me, let me put another tally on my little board here. Boats, girls. Planets, boys. <laughs> that is the binary. Yeah. <laughs> Some of these little guys floating Guitars, around in this. Girls. Cars, oh, really? girls. Also. Guitars are kind of sexy. Ooh, and so are girls. Famously. <laughs> Famously. Some of these guys floating around in this belt are bigger than Pluto. And there are like, I'm telling you, this belt is full of shit flying around. So People these who, astronomers, scientists are so embarrassed. Basically. That they thought this was a planet. And they are so lazy that they don't want to have to friggin' tell everybody and name all these other things in this belt. Yeah. So they're basically like, actually, let's just, Pluto's not even a planet. Yeah. It's like, it's not even that Pluto isn't a planet. It's that to allow it to remain Club to be classified as a planet would mean introducing like who knows how many other planets into our solar system. And wouldn't that be so much fun for everybody? And freaking scientists hate fun. Imagine how hard it would be to teach kids in school. I think that was like part part of this is you know we all learned about the planets in grade school. Like oh, there's nine of them now, eight I guess. But imagine being like there's fucking four thousand planets. So. Now we're just being fed lies. Well, we're all developing. Society is growing and changing with the times. Boats can actually be men now. That's that that nice. came out weirder than I meant, and I'm going to edit that out. There's just all kinds of dwarf planets out there. All right. But in astrology, it doesn't change because it's still, we're still counting it in astrology. It's been there 
It's Done gonna that. it's gonna keep living. It still represents something. And it especially stays in psychological astrology, where as long as we it can serve some purpose and for self-reflection, then it's worth it. And if there's one thing I know about you, Jess, you are you like psychological astrology. It's okay. You are into it. Yeah. I'm H for psychological astrology. Nice. So like all the planets, Pluto's physical being ties in with its astrological meaning. Pluto is cold, can't be seen from Earth without a telescope, and it's the farthest planet out from the sun. Big tongue, floppy black ears, <laughs> orange body. <laughs> a little cucked by Mickey Mouse. Cucked by Mickey Mouse. It's his dog. Yeah. I, is that what you think pe- proving all my pet point. owners are cucking their animals? Yes. Oh, my. Yeah, dogs are cucks. Dogs are cucks. That is available now in our web store. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mug. That's it's a, it's be a dog collar. <gasps> our next. Yes, the next enamel pin in our store. Dogs, dogs are, are cucks. cucks. Great. Love it. Thank you. Astrologically, the sun is the ego, the essence of our being, and Pluto being farthest from the sun slash the ego represents uh-huh. not only separation from the ego, like what Neptune suggests, but the actual destruction of the ego. The actual destruction. So Neptune is just a little hint. Mm-hmm. And Pluto is true destruction. Yep. Which, it's like when you go to Universal Studios, which is the superior theme park to Disney, if you ask me. Have you been? It's all about movies. To what? Universal Studios. Oh, right. Yes. Uh-huh. There's an, a ride there. Harry there Potter was. World. I'm like, fuck you, Disney nerds. And I'm like, let's go to Wizarding World of Harry Potter yet again. <laughs> There's a ride there, or there was when I was a little, little boy, called the Earthquake Ride. And you get in a subway car. The, the word ride was in the name of this ride. Uh-huh. Very inventive. And universal. you go, you are basically just waiting at underground, like at a train station. And then it starts shaking and fire shoots out and water pours in. That's Pluto. Total yeah. destruction of the subway That's true. St- uh, station. Yeah, a big earthquake and like an actual earthquake, not psychology, but like a geo fucking phenomenon could be a literal interpretation, a, a literal like could be related to Pluto. Yes. So yeah, you fucking got it. Thank you. I nailed it. So yeah, when you're thinking of the solar system, when you look at those typical like grade school diagrams of all the planets in a line and the sun is to the far left and Pluto is to the far right, imagine that as a spectrum of ego and the sun is all the way on the left, pure ego. Pluto all the way on the right, zero ego. Okay. On that note, let's take a break for a quick astroprobe segment. Welcome to another Astroprobe. Today we are here with Abby Weems. What's up? Vocalist and guitarist of LA-based band Potty Mouth, who released their second full-length album, Snafu, on Get Better Records in March. Hello. Yeah. Is hey. that right? Did I get it? Yes. Fuck yeah. Perfect. <laughs> uh, huge fan of the album, and it's oh, so good. thank you. I've, I'm an Evergreen fan. I don't know how <laughs> far my opinion goes, but... <laughs> Stop it. Um, so... Let's talk a little bit about your relationship to astrology. Yes, I love astrology. Mm -hmm. I did not grow up or like was not into astrology at all in high school. So 
it was definitely a new thing for me when I moved to LA. Ah, there yeah. it is. Yeah, I moved here three years ago and it just seemed to be like this language that everyone spoke. And so I I didn't even, it's not that I didn't really believe in it, but I just didn't care so yeah. much to look into it. Um, but yeah, it just like became this fun way to get to know people and mm-hmm. everyone, yeah, it's just like super open about it out here so it's yeah i love it so would you say that your main relationship to astrology is it's a social Mm -hmm. just like a social fun thing yeah definitely social and i also have co-star and the pattern Mm -hmm. um and i you know i check those every once in a while but i'm not like and i'll look at horoscopes every once in a while but i try not to because i know then i'll like think about it way too much and try to make things <laughs> manifest that are like <laughs> yeah in my horoscope that probably like I'm forcing it too hard <laughs> yeah yeah astrology is definitely it's got a way of kind of like warming into your brain in a whole variety of different ways mm-hmm. um I think that learning more about it though is what helps you learn more about that brain worm kind of mm-hmm. like yeah, it's just like a fun way to be introspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like I don't want to base too much of what I should do on astrology, but I like to reflect on stuff and astrology is like a, a fun filter for that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. Um, I actually, this will be fun for, for context for this segment. I initially asked Abby to do this podcast with me <laughs> before uh, Chris Farron popped yeah. into the mind of uh, as someone that... I could. Yeah, quick trivia bit. <laughs> yeah. We could have brought you a podcast that was just pure astrology. Um, yeah, it would have been too much. <laughs> I, yeah, I think we would have had a blast and like like maybe not as many other people would have because we like the benefit of Chris is I have to like really like dumb down everything I say to him. Yeah. So like people that don't know about astrology are like. Yeah, I think that's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've but. listened to some astrology podcasts where I can't even follow because it just gets too deep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can safely say that will never happen in this podcast because Chris is not not trying to maintain <laughs> any info that he learns. <laughs> um, <laughs> cool. <laughs> cool. So uh, what's what are your big three? Okay, so my sun is Scorpio, my moon is Pisces, and then I'm a Scorpio rising. So I got a nice little emo sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got a triple dose of water there in your chart. Yeah. All right. Sun question. What do you think your purpose is? Oh, God. <laughs> That's not an astrology question. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, yeah, they're not, none of them are astrology questions. Oh, damn. That's really deep. My purpose? <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess I would say that I feel like my instinct is to say that I like to help people or teach people. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I love having conversations like this with my friends where we get like emotionally deep and and just like talk things out and Mm -hmm. um like connecting yeah and like I'm usually a a more one-on-one kind of person and I just naturally do like to help people and be there for my friends so totally yeah yeah cool okay the next question is the moon question the question is what makes you feel safe Hmm. <laughs> Being alone. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I 
I feel very safe when I'm like in control. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I like to just like I like having a schedule and not being interrupted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. So yeah. Okay. Uh, the third question, the rising question: mm-hmm. Who is a TV or movie character you wish you could be more like? Who's your hmm. TV or movie TV show or movie character that you really attach to? Um, <laughs> I mean, when I was in high school, I loved Angelina Jolie because I thought she just always played like the most badass characters. So Hell yeah, I'll just go with that. I have the same birthday <laughs> as Angelina Jolie. Really? Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> she's amazing. <laughs> she's pretty sick. Um, Laura Croft. Yeah, like Tomb that Ray. era, Angelina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. So just like blanket Angelina Jolie character, like yeah. her as like an empowered lead or something is like yeah. your cool. Yeah, That's I want to cool I want to like uh, be like a badass who just is like chopping my way through the jungle like <laughs> Yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> that rules. <laughs> well, Thank you so much for doing this segment with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. This uh, was so fun. Yeah, and it just flew by. Where where can uh where can people find you and and your band if they want to look into you after the episode? Um all of our tags on Instagram and Twitter and all that are Potty Mouth World and our website is pottymouthworld.com. Hell yeah, there you have it folks. So yes, we are now entering the astrology of Pluto, and here are the keywords. Power. Death. Transformation. Destruction. Possession. Control. Tyranny. Cruelty. Ruthlessness. Obsession. Rebirth. Sex. But sex only as it pertains to power. We still look at Venus for emotional sexuality, Mars for physical sexuality, and now Pluto for psychological sexuality and how it intersects with power. Freaking real dumb stuff. Yeah, actually. Pluto's doming the sun. Domination is an aspect of Pluto. Whoa. But not like, I guess it can be sexy domination, but but the is way- Is it fair to say Pluto is doming the ego? Yeah, oh, definitely. Thank you. Pluto is one of the two planetary rulers of Scorpio. I knew it. Scorpio ruled by Mars. Of course. And Pluto. And Pluto. Pluto is, simply put, massive release of energy. (laughs) You don't even have to make a joke about that one. Well, Pluto, dom away. (laughs) Most massive releases of energy are destructive. I would say so myself. (laughs) Think about combustion. Uh Uh-huh. Death. Okay. (laughs) Losing all control. Oh, for sure. Like with the other two... Oh, God. That's Pluto. That's what it sounds like. The dog? We're getting audio from the planet that Pluto rover just landed. And hold on. We're getting audio, and we're playing it now. Wow. That's Pluto for you. Jenny? Someone's already H for the D, and we're only just getting started. Do you hear me? What is the problem? (laughs) We're talking about science hello welcome back our producer how nice of you to join us wow jenny's got an apple watch on theater of the mind i wouldn't date somebody with an apple watch. well time to break up with jenny because she's got two apple watches on each wrist (laughs) all the way up my arm 
Yeah. Okay, now imagine this. Somebody walking around Disney with an Apple Watch. Hey, come on. That's our fans, and we love them. That's something I'm not age for. Dang. Well, we love our fans. They're out there. They're at Star Wars friggin' World. Was that what it's called? Jenny, you know these people. Well, if you're a listener and you love Disney and you go there a lot, um, we love I'm, you. I'm praying for you. We support you. <laughs> I'll give you money. I'll give you a hundred bucks. Tweet at me. I'll give you a hundred bucks. For what? Send me pictures of you at Disney World. You got to pay for half their snow cone. And yeah, I'll pay for half your snow cone. One hundred dollars. And it, but it, you have to be holding "Born Hot," my new album, on CD or LP or tape. And you have to do it three different times. You have to take it on Space Mountain and take a selfie with the flash on. In 2019. And you also are still holding the snow cone. And you have a snow cone in one hand and then Born Hot in the other. And you're smiling. You have a Christopher hat on. And I'll give you a hundred bucks. So like with the other two outer planets, Uranus and Neptune, it can be collective slash generational energy or personal energy. So let's talk about generational collective effects of Pluto first. Plutonian power and energy is difficult to control for an individual on a personal level, let alone on a global or communal level where the actions of many are united. You know, you, it's much harder to control the crowd than to control one person. So historically, we see Pluto most in collective devastation. The discovery of Pluto in 1930 coincided with the rise of the Nazi party, the descent into World War II, the invention of the atom bomb. We see it when a way of being comes to an end through destruction. Wars, political strife, inventions that wield power. So to look to... Wow. I have something to say. Pluto, the character from Disney, <laughs> he was created in 1930. Actually, that brings up a good point that the naming of Pluto is pretty controversial because the guy that they discovered it- They named it after it, the dog? Well, by the time Pluto came around, you know, like the final of the major planetary bodies to be discovered, by then there had been a very clear pattern of naming the planets after the Roman gods, right? And so w the name Pluto fits in with that because Pluto is Hades, the god of the underworld, but the Roman version- the dog? This nice dog with orange orange body? No, no and... the planet. But then the guy that discovered the planet says that he let his daughter name it, and she picked Pluto because she loved the dog Pluto. So now it's just <gasps> like, what are the fucking chances that she would pick the name Pluto? Whoa, that's cool. I love it. He's a bloodhound. He what? has relatives. He Pluto's has a, a bloodhound? He has a brother named KB and a, and a, and a son named Pluto Jr. <laughs> <laughs> and he's married, of course, to Dina the Dachshund. Did you watch that Goofy? Did you watch the Goofy movie? Yes. It seems so you. I feel like what you came out of Goofy movie. Hey, come on. Let's skate. There's like a skateboarding Goofy relative, right? I feel like you'd be that guy. Yeah, that's that's freaking Zach Goofy or whatever. The, the young son. <laughs> Zach Goofy. What's his name? Zach Goofy young son. Goofy movie. What's his freaking name? It's like Zach or Seth, one of these cool guy names. <laughs> these cool guys, we get it. You're cool. All right. So to look at how Pluto. Max. I knew it oh, was a name Max. like that. Max. Max, yeah. Zach, Seth. Max was such a cool Zeke. name in the 90s. Zeke. These are all these cool names. Zeke is short for Ezekiel, which is like a Christian thing, isn't it? Yeah, but when you say Zeke, it sounds cool. Yeah. 
To look at how Pluto pertains to our own generation, simply look at the sign it's in. For example, my Pluto is in Scorpio. For my generation, the Pluto in Scorpio generation, we blend Pluto's power with Scorpio's dark sexual spiritual energies. Nice. You guys, <laughs> both of you. Think of how the last 30 years has contributed to the rise of esoteric spirituality like witchcraft or East Asian spiritualities. Think of how esoteric studies like astrology and the Enneagram have become commonplace. The Enya what? Enneagram, where you're a, you're a that's, number. That's, that's a Enya's newsletter. I'm, a, I'm, I'm subscribed. The Enneagram. <laughs> you're subscribed. I'm Did you subscribed. hear that she lives in a castle with That's no so one but cool. like nine cats or something like that. That's so fucking cool. Enya, I love you. So think of how sex has become more discussed, normalized, recreational, and creative than it ever has been before. Hell yeah. Coinciding with the early 90s, which is when I was born and when Pluto was in Scorpio. For a more incidental manifestation, Pluto was in Scorpio when Monica Lewinsky worked for Bill Clinton. And that made a perfect intersection of sex and politics in a massively destructive way. Whoever thought that a beach could be so destructive? Wow. So that's like the generational, <laughs> communal, collective interpretation of Pluto. Now let's look at the personal effects of Pluto in our natal charts. Someone with a particularly Plutonian chart, meaning they have a strongly placed Pluto or a lot of Scorpio or 8th house placements, will be full of energy, intensity, maybe sexuality, perhaps controlling, they may regularly rid themselves of old hobbies, obsessions, ideas, and replace them with new ones. These people don't look back. They may be constantly working on personal development. When I was a drinking person, I would drink and I would get drunk and I would throw all my shirts away. What? Not all the time, but I would say like once every six months, I would just throw all my shirts away. What the hell? That That's like rogue Marie Kondo. Yeah. I mean, I would keep a few. I wouldn't be naked, but I would I would just be like, it's over for all this stuff. It's over for these hoes. Yeah. So that's that's me purging like Pluto. Purging is a word that's associated with Pluto. The purge. The purge. Pluto edition. The God. purge Disneyland. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, wow. You're going to get on a list for that. We're on the FBI list now for purging Disneyland. But that being said, even if we're not a Plutonian person, mm -hmm. all of us still have a Pluto in our charts. Thank you. And all of us can look to the house our Pluto is in and its relationship to the other planets in our charts. Uh, muggle. Is that a planet? Is that a house? Oh, no. Oh, a house. I already said Slytherin. And you said Gryffindor. And I said Gryffindor, and I don't know anymore. Is there one that starts with L? No. Langu Hufflepuff. Languistine. <laughs> Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw. Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw. Okay, so yeah, we we can all look to the house that our Pluto is in in our own personal birth charts, our natal charts, and learn about where and how in life we handle power. Pluto is the idea that the ego can no longer exist, that true power comes from separation from the self. I read a book in preparation for this episode by Tracy. Fifty Shades of Grey. Let me actually grab the book. It's got a really fucking long title, so I don't remember it. Fifty Shades of Grey. Fifty Shades of Grey. How to totally dom your ego. Jenny, welcome to the podcast. And today we have Jenny Owen Youngs. <laughs> oh, no, she's I gone. I think you thanks, guys alone for, for one us. second. <laughs> All I got to do was breathe. 
professional podcaster Jenny Owen Youngs breathes into the mic. Yeah. 1080p HD. ASMR. In preparation, I read this book by Tracy Marks called The Astrology of Self-Discovery. It's a really great book. It's some kind of like next level, like intermediate level astrology and up. But if you're at that point, it's really great. It's an. It says on the cover, it's an in-depth exploration of the potentials revealed in your birth chart, emphasizing Neptune, Pluto, the moon, and the outer planet transits. You read the whole thing? Yes. And in this book... Tracy Marks says, the urge to assert power over others is not really an expression of power at all, but rather a way of responding to an innate sense of helplessness. I knew it. And I love that she said that. It's so great because I think that all of us have kind of a backwards idea of what power is because it's used so negatively so frequently. We all feel helpless at one point or another in life, and we can correlate that with Pluto. Thoughts we may have under the influence of Pluto this sucks. I can't stand this. I'm dying. This is horrible. This is painful. This is the end. There's no way out of this. We resist. We fight whatever it is that makes us feel this way. We run from it or we try to conquer it. And doing these things will only dig us into an even deeper hole because with Pluto, fighting makes it worse. Hey, I have a question. Do you ever read any books by this Walter Mercado, the Puerto Rican astrologer? (laughs) Not familiar. He died today. What? He's freaking dead. Did you I'm so did sorry. you just Google like astrology s- news? <laughs> no, I I saw it earlier and I was like, I hope Jess is okay. <laughs> What's his name? Walter Mercado, the Puerto Rican astrologer. He uh, captivated families across the world with extravagant televised readings of horoscopes. I think it was always in Spanish, so that makes sense that you might. Ooh, not- his book covers look cool. Do you see this? I, I- want. Wow, I want to make like album art like this that's cool whoa that is cool yeah i don't know who this guy is rest in peace buddy rest in peace walter i hope you're up there in the stars you know doing the astrology stuff okay so when you fight plutonian energy i.e things in life that make us feel like we have no control and make us feel terrible and like we're trapped and helpless like traffic Right? Some of this LA traffic? No, like intense traffic, like like emotional traffic or life journey traffic. Um, If you're, let's say you lose a really important job or a a relationship of yours ends in the worst way imaginable or or you have an injury. My leg? Yeah, something fucked up happens. To my leg and my wife? At the same time. I won't tell you what happened. What's gonna happen, Jenny? We resist and we fight whatever it is that makes us feel this way. We run from it or we try to conquer it. And doing these things will only dig us into an even deeper hole because with Pluto, fighting makes it worse. But that being said, it's natural to try to fight things that make us uncomfortable. It's human nature. It's part of the process. But what's important with Pluto is that at some point, we find the ability to become aware of that struggle and finding acceptance for what's happening to you. Because eventually, years later, the pain will transform into something new and reflective, and you'll be able to look back and see what you learned from all of that pain. Imagine the phoenix born from its own ashes. Mm. And when we don't reach that point of awareness, when we keep fighting against this thing that feels larger than us, when we feel that we have lost all control, we can begin to manifest negative behaviors. We may project this lack of control onto others and feel others are trying to control us when really they're not, or we may attempt to control them. The others around us in a tyrannical fashion we may have angry outbursts we may be obsessive over someone or something we may feel paranoid that others are out to get us 
We do all of this because our life is asking us to let go of some part of ourselves, some ugly part of our ego. But it's scary to let go of parts of ourselves, even the ugly ones. If we do reach that point of awareness, then Pluto can lead us to finding our personal power. Not power in a Mars way, which is the power of doing or battling, it's a forceful power, but power in a more organic and pure sense. Power as the evergreen flame in the dark that guides us through the most difficult of times. What clears the brambles helps us forge through our river in Oregon Trail when all of our friends are dying of dysentery. Look at fictional heroes. Typically, their Venus, which represents values, is their reason for being a hero, but their Pluto is what pushes them to persevere. When they grit their teeth bleeding out in a dark alley while the villain destroys the city, dragging the hero's name through the mud in the process, it is the energy of Pluto, the centering of personal power, that picks the hero up, dusts him off, and gives him the strength to keep fighting. Through learning to trust that the pain and letting go of parts of our ego will bring us to a better self, we're able to unite with this personal power. That's you wrote Pluto. that? Yeah. Beautiful. Are you making fun of me? No, I liked it. And I liked it. Jenny, what do you think? I liked it a lot. And Jenny liked it too. Pluto's very interesting. Okay. So stop Rolls sucking up at up. the end. <laughs> Get out of here. Get the hell out of here. How interesting could it be? Whenever Jenny's not listening to me, she always like, <laughs> and then I look at her, she squints her eyes and like knits her brows and she's like, that's interesting. And I'm like, fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> Jenny, we love Jenny here at the podcast. We're big Jenny fans here at the podcast. Let's sum up the outer planets. Yes, please. So we just got to the the final outer planet and the final of all of the major planetary bodies. That's it. So because they're so confusing to talk about, let's just do. I'm just gonna like quickly run down a couple words about each of the three outer planets. Okay, and I will tell you if it's if I believe you. Okay, cool. To start up this brief summing up, I'm going to quote Liz Green once again. Sorry, but she's great and she's awesome. Uranus will wear the face of the revolutionary. (laughs) Uranus. Yeah, you get it. Uranus will wear the face of the revolutionary. Neptune, the peace-loving utopian dreamer. And Pluto as the fascist. And then we can add to that, Uranus gives us collective ideas and personal changes. Neptune gives us collective compassion and personal dreams. And Pluto gives us collective destruction and personal power. Through these planets, we learn how to transcend ourselves and contribute something to the world. They're celestial interpretations of human evolution. We made it. We did it. We went through all of them. All the planets and all of the signs. We nailed it. We still have more to learn about charts. Okay. The houses. Okay. The Gryffindor, aspects. Hufflepuff. Exactly. The aspects. Oregano. <laughs> Some asteroids. <laughs> Some asteroids. Yeah, there's a lot of them, and some of them are astrological. Some aren't. Some are, like, new and have, like, new astrological interpretations, which I, like, kind of stay away from because it's, like, when there's a new thing discovered, these some people in the astrology community will just, like, jump on trying to give it a meaning. But it's, like, we need to fucking figure it out first before you just go saying shit. Did you so. know that the alien monster Doomsday that came to Earth and killed Superman... He came on an asteroid. Is this Scientology? Mm, I don't think so. I don't know anything what you just said. Superman is a superhero. He's one of the best ones. A monster from space came to Earth and killed Superman. Okay? Okay. And his name was Doomsday. He came on an asteroid. He came on an asteroid. I mean, he 
traveled. He traveled <laughs> on an asteroid. I mean, he was on it for a long time, so I'm sure he did a lot of different things on it. Anyway, I just that's my relationship with asteroids. Yeah, he went zooming by Uranus and had to. Hey, come on. So yeah, we've, we still got to do the houses, the aspects, some of the asteroids, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But until then, next week, we're going to do a special episode at a romantic, special little local restaurant called Hooters. And we're going to put all of these things together, the planets and the signs. We're going to talk about what happens when the planets interact. And we're going to give practical examples, such as like, what does it mean when Venus and Saturn are coming into contact in my natal chart what about when pluto and the sun come into contact all of these things and we're gonna do it while we're eating fried pickles i can guarantee you that after the hooters episode i will not feel as bad as i felt after the red lobster episode that was terrible it was it took me a lot to overcome that when i came home i had to take a long bath uh-huh yeah very physically i had to do taxing. a face mask uh-huh. drink a lot of water oh boy Let's do advice. The first one is from Chelsea. Ah, the neighborhood in New York City. So yes, the neighborhood of New York writes in, how do you feel about getting astrology-related or zodiac tattoos? Would it be too tacky? Do you know anyone with awesome astrology-related or zodiac tattoos, and do they love them or regret them? I have the 69 on my knuckles, each of them, same thing every, each, every time. And I've never regretted it. What's the 69? Cancer. Oh, I thought it was Taurus. I don't know anybody with astrology tattoos. I don't have any. I do have tattoos. I regret almost all of them. <gasps> I feel like I like one Even of the them. brand new one? Brand new one. The band? <laughs> <laughs> no, I have no words tattooed on my body. Wait, do I have any words tattooed on my body? No, I have no words tattooed on my body. Definitely not from a band. Yeah, I have like one I like and the rest I don't like. And I feel like I'm telling you all this because you would probably especially regret an astrology tattoo. Wow. <laughs> there, I've seen like on the internet a couple cool ones. Like, so, like I've seen some people get like their constellation, like not the symbol of their sign or the words, but like the star arrangement. But that's hard to do because sometimes it just looks like dots on your arm. Like you have like a weird rash or something. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that there are cool things that you could do, but I would I would only say get one if you know a lot about astrology. Like you gotta like, you don't wanna get anything tattooed on your body that you don't fully understand. And astrology is complex enough that it basically is like a language and you don't wanna get some component of a language tattooed on you if you don't fully understand what it means. Yeah. That could go for any fucking language, obviously. Yeah, I agree. I don't have any tattoos. Yeah, you and Jenny both. I'm so jealous of your bare little go ahead bear is the day you were born sexy yeah. little body thank you so much my body is a temple yeah. jenny's body is a temple and mine a wonderland yes nice and what's cassie's body hey that's my wife it's private body all right this next one is from oh it's another unnamed person so who do i say it is sully the pilot <laughs> All right, Pisces, Sun, Aries, Moon, Scorpio, Rising. 
Howdy, y'all. Big fan of y'all's music, podcast, and just as people. Jess, I met you at a show in Phoenix and still tell people you're the nicest and chillest rock star I've ever met. Do you like that I didn't delete that out of their question? That's very cool. I intentionally left that in so everyone would hear it. And Chris, I met you at a different time and you were very nice too. You were even nicer than Jess was to me. (laughs) Wow, it's so weird that you just like picked that up. That's what it says right there. (laughs) Last year... I was asking I was asked to play bass in my friend's backing band. It's not my normal genre of music or my usual instrument. So I was hella nervous but hella excited. Things were going well, or so I thought. At some point, my friend asked if I would move to guitar and we would look for a different bassist. I said yes. Now I feel like I'm totally struggling to groove with the band on guitar because in addition to not being my usual genre, I'm also not the only guitarist, so I'm like competing for sonic space without stepping on anyone's toes. What are the odds that the whole gain a bassist move move me to guitar was actually a play to replace me, and I'm like two practices away from being asked to leave the band? If it's not that, any tips for fitting into a band outside of your wheelhouse? How interesting. Wow. I think like if they didn't want you in the band, they would just kick you out because that happens like I've never seen a I've I've personally never heard of a band where like you just move someone around that you didn't want in the band yeah and like guitar seems to be a little more like traditionally at least in like rock-esque bands a little more nuanced than what's going on on bass yeah and so I feel like if they wanted you out of the band they wouldn't move you into a role that assumes more of like a flavor than bass yeah so I don't. I think you're just being paranoid, to be honest. Just have fun with it. Yeah, just have fun with it. If they kick you out, then you don't have anything to lose because you said it's not even your typical genre, right? Go start your own friggin' band. Play whatever your main instrument is. Is yeah. it guitar? Either way, music is about fun and creative expression. So you'll always you can do whatever you want. You can start your own shit. You can. You'll figure it out. Band stuff evolves and changes. I've been in like a trillion bands and like... What was the name of the first band you were in? Well, I mean, when I was like 11, I watched Josie and the Pussycats and Okay, made, that's not being in a band. I'm getting there. I made every, <laughs> all the other children on my street join a band with me, even though none of them cared about music. Okay. It was just like an outdoor game to them, but for me, it was very serious. And they were playing like Rubbermaid Tupper, like bins as drums and mm-hmm. shit, like pots and pans. And... um. I called it, or we all called it, Zero Hour. Hell we, yeah. We found that in the dictionary. <laughs> nice. Okay, and then what? Um, In high school, I was in one called Kill the Lights. Hell yeah. That was like 2004. Nice. I feel like Kill the Lights sounds like a 2004 kind of band name. What was the music like? I don't, I don't even know how to describe what that shit was. Some kind of like alternative rock. Uh-huh. Um, then I was started playing like screamo music Hell and that yeah. band was called Instead of Evidence. Oh my God. I didn't come up with that one. I think that's like some poem or something that some boy Sounds read. That checks out. In our like, checks out. In our like freshman honors English All class. All screamo <laughs> bands names are stolen from a poem a boy read. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what was the first band you were in? Branded Butterflies. Branded Butterflies. That's right. And what kind of music was it? I was a singer, of course. And it, I guess something like Rage Against the Machine, but like... Oh, my God. Not not in any good way. Did I, you come up with I it? I don't think... I, I didn't come up with it. I did come up with Fetal Shaped Kite, which was my next band. 
and that was a little bit of a rap group. What? It was me. I mean, was rap... this during your like Limp Bizkit? Yeah. Oh. Fe- we, we... Sorry, fetal shaped shaped kite. Yeah. Was it serious or was it like? It was not serious. So it was, it was like when high school kids are like, "I'm a rapper," and it's like hilarious, but then they're. It was painfully supposed to be comedic, which oh honestly makes is there me footage. Where are the receipts? I really hope there's not. I don't think there is. Man, if I had a dollar for every white boy in high school who started a rap group. Yeah. <laughs> Question number three, Raquella. Did I say that right? I don't know, personally. I'm gonna say Raquella. But that seems. Good. Aries Sun, Sag Moon, Leo Rising. So we got fire, fire, fire. First of all, I want to thank you for doing the show. It's a real treat every week. My wife and I are super compatible astrologically. We're very fiery. But when I listened to the Venus Mars episodes, it brought up a good question. My Venus, Aries, and her Mars, Sag, are compatible. But my Mars, Gemini, and her Venus, Scorpio, are not compatible. Cannot figure out what the heck that means. Well, Raquel, you have posed a very complex question. To be honest, you'd have to get, I'd have to, you know, give you like an in-depth astrological reading to really like get into the nitty gritty of it. But I can just kind of go over some quick basics of Venus Mars. Have I said the nitty gritty titty committee? Nitty gritty titty committee. (laughs) And what's that one about? I don't know. I'm still working on it, but I, (laughs) I thought of it the other day. You can figure it out at Hooters. Thank you. I will. I'll ask our waitress. So you've listened to the episodes. You've got a good handle on what these things mean, Venus and Mars. But when we're looking at relationship compatibility, you have to remember not to just, you don't just look at your Mars and Venus for relationships. And you especially don't strictly assign relationship meanings to those planets. Those planets mean more than those things. Where Mars can be physical sexuality and also our will for doing, Venus is also our values and what we really want to see for our lives as well as emotional sexuality. So there's a lot of different ways that your Mars and Venus can interact with your wife's Mars and Venus. And I think just kind of researching more about Mars and Venus and then more about the signs of your placements and seeing what energies you think are at play in that combination of your sign and planet and then doing the same for your wife and kind of like looking at a Venn diagram of those energies. And they might be relationship-based and they might not. You you might want to look at, instead of just your Mars and her Venus and her Mars and your Venus, also look at your Venus and her Venus and your Mars and her Mars and see how those interact. You see, like there's just like so many different patterns and there's so many other things that play in a natal chart. It's It's just a difficult question to answer other than to say, keep researching, keep studying, and um, and keep communicating with your wife if she's also into astrology um, and uh, just start to make sense of things. A lot of things will come into focus in your own chart the more you research and read up on this stuff. Um, and I eventually I'd love to start giving readings and then we can kind of talk a little more about this in that case. Great. Everyone's cured. We're all cured. And hey, wouldn't you freaking. Oh, wait, I have something to say. I forget if I have ever mentioned this on this podcast or even in the world in general. You know, in college, college dorm rooms famously, or like a Spencer Gifts in the poster section, <laughs> there's like a there's like a black and white photo of these two women kissing. You must know. You know. Jenny yeah, definitely yeah. knows. What it, they're like I Jenny, think, you know though, right? Yeah. When I imagine I think like Calvin Klein lesbians. Is that it? Is it Calvin Klein? Exactly. Okay. 
Anyway, until like a couple years ago, I was in my 30s when I realized that that was not Jennifer Aniston and Courtney Cox. <laughs> Does that exist? Is there like a... No. I mean, hey, I'd love it if there was. I would make that my phone background <laughs> right here and now. What? I'm your phone background. <laughs> All three of you. It's Jennifer Aniston and Courtney Cox in the middle, and then spooning them on the outside is me and Jenny. Whoa. Chris is in the uh, middle. Somebody must have taken the picture. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thought what it was, made you think of that? I don't know. I thought of it earlier and I thought I should bring it up. That's what you're Googling over there while I'm talking about astrology. You're yeah. like interesting and you're Googling Girls like. kissing. <laughs> <laughs> Rate and review us, please. You must. This is five stars from Millie from NH. With NH, of course, stands for, don't tell me I know this. Millie from Nasty Hell. <laughs> this is my favorite podcast of all time. They do such a good job, especially that hot guy who's the world's foremost astrologist. Jenny, I think that's you. Nice. Write into us with your questions at astroblasting at gmail.com or astroblasting.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter, astroblasting on both of those things. And our Scorpio playlist is still up on Spotify and Apple Music for a few more days. We are about to transition into Sagittarius season. So so the Scorpio playlist is still up for a few more days before we're going to swap it out with the Sag playlist. Um, Jenny has a fantastic EP that just came out on Friday called Night Shift. Night Shift? Chris is going on tour soon. I'm going on tour soon. Check out his numerous tour dates. There's Please. so many that you can't even possibly I'm imagine. I'm doing a big headline tour, and it would mean the world to me if you attended. Don't worry, Chris. Uh, Jenny and I will watch after your wife while you're gone. Okay, that's my wife. She did ask for a big poster of me. What? Your wife. Cassandra J. She asked for a poster of you? That's a postcard. I know. She asked if I could blow one up. Her yeah, she asked me if she could blow one up. <laughs> So. Speaking of blowing one up, <laughs> I'm aged for the D. <laughs> to the stars, in fact. <laughs>